This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Bonjour and welcome to the Square Ball Podcast 166. Uh, where with Levi solicitors, 10% of your legal fees when you mention the square ball. When you inquire, if you move in-house as well, check out the conveyancing team. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. With me, avec moi, uh, is Michael Normanton. Ça va? And uh, Moscow White, Danielle Chapman. Salut. Ça va? <laughs> Should we dispense with this? I think we've probably done our French yeah, we've for killed, now. We've killed the joke uh, thoroughly there, haven't we? And, and petit, and petit. Peu. <laughs> Oui. Tell you what I do know in French. I, always, I mastered this at school. Uh, je travaille dans le jardin avec la chienne méchant. You work in the garden with a dog. What kind of dog? Chien méchant. Machine? A, a dog Jean. machine. A dog merchant. <laughs> Angry dog. Oh. Anyway, carry on. Issue five of our magazine is the current issue. It will be on sale versus Millwall and Wigan. Came out at Sheffield Wednesday, did that one. On sale down the eastern side of the stadium from the statue to the motorway tunnel. Loads of clothes and mugs and stuff like that on sale via the website at thesquareball.net. Well, it was a very stress-free weekend because Leeds United didn't play, so we don't have any games to reflect on. FA Cup fourth round weekend. We have some games to laugh at. That we was did. all it was really, just going, yes, that's right, you get sent off. Yes. Oh, you've got lumbered with another game now, haven't you? Everybody from West Brom to Scum, all helping us out. It was hilarious. Never mind beating Tranmere 6-0. Anybody could beat Tranmere 6-0. But um, yeah, really good. I think we should just give up on the actual playing games part of Leeds United and just watch everybody else suffer. Did you enjoy having a, a stress-free weekend? Because I up to a point I was like, oh, it's nice not, not to have that anxiety, but then actually it got later on in the day and I was like, oh, I kind of miss it. Uh, I thought it was quite nice. I feel like, I feel like the players will hopefully be as refreshed as I am from this. I mean, this was the pre-Jean-Kevin... Augustan era. Well, I, I was fully in the midst of it. I downloaded every video of him and Ian Carlos Paveda Campo that I could find. Paveda O Campo, whatever the fuck he's called, I don't know. Ian, and watched them all. That got a bit repetitive. <laughs> There's only so much footage you can make a, a banging YouTube highlights clip out of. But, but uh, the variations in choice of EDM was interesting to track. Which and was your the, favourite? Uh, you enjoyed the bass line, the trap, the... Uh, there was actually, the, there was one that the drum, I ended some up... drum and bass. Uh, there was one that I ended up shazamming. Let's see, what find out what track it was. In many ways, this watching of the videos bit is the best bit of a new signing. It's a bit like the pre-season where you think, maybe all these new players we've got, despite the fact they're all like freebies who've been released from Wigan and stuff, maybe it's all going to come together. Mm. And it's that feeling, you get that feeling again at this point, which is which is nice. But, I mean, happy hardcore sort of. This was uh, Savage by Paul Flint. That's well, it was the right backing for your new optimism. There you go. Well, that's... Um... Yeah, I think the lyric is when a dog eats something. So I don't know anything about that. It's funny looking at Marsha Sanders as that and then the, whatever I checked before, it was Jethro Tull. So, <laughs> 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 world of contrasts <laughs> anyway but yeah, a, a tough transition on the DJ sets <laughs> get from that to that disc monkey yeah I, I agree with what you're saying there Michael it's it's nice to have that sort of reset isn't it and I think it's, it's something we were kind of arguing for a little bit when we were saying just sign some players just give us something new to look at something interesting to reset our hopes and you know because it distracts from uh, from all the other shit that's going on, doesn't it? You almost forget that we're, it's Tuesday morning as we record this, that we're going to go to uh, 
Elland Road this evening and have to watch Pat Bamford toiling away up front, um, doing his his best, bless his uh, little heart. And uh, but it may be the last time, so that's kind of that's what now everybody will, will look forward to. Um, it would be a I'm last interested, time ever. Uh, well, I'm interested to see whether they'll do any parading of uh, Jean Kevin on the the pitch before the game or uh, maybe at half time if if Pat's not quite doing it <laughs> just oh actually JK can you can you come and do this i think we need to give everybody a boost put, <laughs> put the feed on into the dressing room yeah <laughs> but that's uh, i mean serious point that is what it's about is uh, giving Bamford a kick up the arse the, the other way it could go is he he scores four and John Kevin can't get in the team for the rest of the season both of which is good well, apart yeah, from they're not getting, not getting the team because we'd quite like him, I think. But well, well, hey, listen, if Bamford's scoring all the goals, then fuck him. Tell you what, we'll come on to all that in a bit. Let's just reflect quickly if we can on the weekend and the good bits. So what were the good bits that happened for us then, for anybody who's missed it? West Brom went through, so that's good. So they get another another distracting game and they had Semi Ajayi sent off, so he misses their game at Cardiff tonight. So that's good. Hopefully they'll have some more injuries and suspensions to come from the, from the next round. Who have they got in the next round? Do we care? It's another game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just keep them busy. And then Fulham lost to Man City, but Tim Ream did get sent off, so he misses their trip to Huddersfield. What does Ream do? Centre-backing. Right. Heading. Well, and on this case, uh, just pulling people down when they're throwing goal is what he did in this game. But, I mean, he's only going to miss Huddersfield, so it probably doesn't matter. Although, they did us a favourite versus Brentford, so let's not write off the uh, the old dog botherers. True enough. And also um, Stoke beat Swansea, who were, have crept up on us again. Because we can't win games. Swansea? Yeah, they're within about seven points of us again now. So it was nice to see them lose at the weekend in the one championship fixture that was there. So yeah, uh, when, when is when is fifth round weekend? Because that, that's when you start rearranging fixtures and getting cancellations, isn't it? This is when we pull away from West Brom. Hopefully, and they get a real clog after play Monday, Tuesday, Thursday or something. That would be nice. You know, Three games in a week for them. Seems fair. All right, just had a look. So it's the, the fifth round weekend is, is the first weekend of March... By the looks of it, and who West Brom? Who do West Brom play? Um, we should have really checked this before we come on to sound a lot more professional. To be decided, TBD. They're playing a lot of other teams as TBD. Home versus another team. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, that Scum Tramia game took some last-minute sorting out, wasn't it? I think they were Solskjaer and the boys were waiting at a service station to find out which uh, which direction they should be going in. Downwards, I think. <laughs> Very good. Uh, West Brom are at home to Newcastle or Oxford. So Newcastle will be a nice distraction, assuming that they actually managed to do that. And they should, because they, um, that's their replays at St. James's Park, isn't it? You, yeah, so you... I think, once, or is it? Once the, Saudi, the Saudi money might have landed by then as well, so they, they may have... Uh, oh, no, I'm, uh, think, I'm thinking of their Rochdale game. Either way, it's a distraction. I don't care. Does this go to show how much we care about the FA Cup? <laughs> it is a bit of a shame. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday uh, snuck through as well. They've got Manchester City at Hillsborough. Um which they shouldn't own. And um, so that also helps because uh, they're hanging around the, the playoffs annoyingly, aren't they, as well? So just everybody just concentrate on the FA Cup and let us concentrate on winning the league. And yeah, the uh, the the start of March. Um, so we've got a month before those games, so we could have it wrapped up by then anyway. It will all be irrelevant. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And oh, the, and um... actually, I've just, yeah, I've just looked at the draw. If Derby get past Northampton, they're at home to scum. So that's going to be a right... Wayne Rooney jerk off isn't well, it? Well, already. What well, did you say? I think it was one of the BBC uh, Twitter accounts tweeted out Wayne Rooney versus Manchester United, thus eliminating the whole need for Derby County as an entity. Well, he's got he's got to get past Northampton first, hasn't he? Come on, Northampton, go on the they're the cobblers, aren't they? Go on the cobblers. It was worth pointing out as well that the post Leeds slump continued as well, with QPR losing to Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup fourth round. Somebody needs to maybe nip that one in the bud and just point out: stop trying so hard against Leeds. Because it's a competitive disadvantage for us, isn't it? I do think it makes it um, unfair. Sport is supposed to be all about fairness, a level playing field. We know Bielsa likes to share the the information that he has with everyone else to ensure you know everybody's got the same chance of uh, going out on the field and it's 11 against 11. If one team's going to try more, then that's not fair. Later this week, then we're going to be speaking to Phil Hay on our collaboration podcast with The Athletic. It's called The Phil Hay Show. And uh, we're going to be doing a transfer deadline day special. I mean, obviously, Leeds look to have got most of their business done by now. However, we're going to be running the rule over it and getting some genuine insight from Phil rather than the nonsense that we come out with. We might sneak a signing through. You never know. We should have a klaxon at the ready of some kind, uh, some sort of siren. 
We've teamed up with The Athletic this year on the podcasts as well. And if you want to subscribe to The Athletic and have a look at all Phil's writings, you can get that via the app or at theathletic.com. Sign up by using the code LEADSPOD and you'll get 40% off your subscription. So how do we feel now we've signed some players and Leeds United not dicking around with the playoffs anymore? We're doing our business early in the window. Got it done, JKA. I mean, we didn't know much about him kind of a week ago. Now well, he's my favourite player. Everyone seems to be quite giddy about it. Michael, are you giddy? I am. I mean, I will, I will just pick you up on something. I won't say the 27th is early. It feels quite late. If someone said, I'm in my, I'm in my early 30s, and then you found out they were 37, you would go, no, but isn't e- that? But equally, if, if someone said to you, hey, listen, my wedding's on the 31st, and you showed up on the 27th, you go, fucking hell, you're four days early. <laughs> early, very early. It's early by Leeds United. It's early by Dan James standards. Yeah, that was the important thing is that they, I think politically they had to see, to be seen to get it done ahead of the deadline. So we're not panicking with a child locked in the East Stand um, late into the night on deadline day. Instead, we had him locked in a hotel room with an adjoining room, which we, we invited him into. It all sounded very sinister, the, the signing process. Especially like, when this, it, you were just sleeping there and we're just going to set things up in here. Yeah, it made it sound like they spent all night setting it up as well. Like while, while he slept, Rob Price was sneaking in like his setting bone up his saw. mobile lab. Gets just laid down. <laughs> the time, they have been quite, um, I think they're conscious of the attention they're getting on how long things take. So they've done a... Um, a piece with Victor Orta on the official site this morning, sort of talking about how they they identified Jean Kevin very early and put the little conversation out there to say like, could we have him? And the, at the start of the window, it was like, well, a tiny chance. And then because uh, Monaco changed their manager, so a lot depended on what he wanted to do. And then they they went with Shea Adams, uh, got caught up in Hassan Hurtle's rabbit hutch of doom. And then got the nod from Monaco that actually, new boss, not that bothered and he wants to come and play for Marcelo Bielsa. And then, so they've got, so they've, they've made sure to lay out the timeline. I'm sure they're trying to, to point out like when did, uh, between the name coming up, because it was always bubbling under that Leeds were interested in this player on the continent and the name never came up. It was somebody who was said to be exciting as well, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. And then when the name did come up, we're talking within well, it was probably within about 48 hours when he was liking every single tweet on Twitter that, that mentioned him and Leeds United together. So you could kind of, it felt like it was pretty much done. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened if this hadn't gone ahead after he spent his weekend or one of his team uh, spent their weekend liking every single uh, Leeds United related tweet on Twitter that they could find and then he doesn't turn up, signed for Southampton. Because that's the other... Interesting detail about this. Yeah, I, I love this this particular... Well, what do we call it? Is it the fates? Whatever it is. Um, ah, shit housing? Um, rabbit housing. Rabbit housing. Because Hassan Hurtle uh, signed him before at Nonsense Leipzig, I believe, didn't he? And was quite interested. He did a very vague interview earlier in the in the window where he was saying, oh, it's nice we're, we're linked with him. He has qualities because he's very quick. He can score. He's used to the high-pressing methods that we use. And that would help him if he would be here, but he isn't. Which is a lot to say about a player. I know Jonathan Woodgate did a very similar thing about Jack Clark earlier in the window where he's like, oh, he's a great player. Uh, oh, he's so good. I've seen him. Oh, he, he would be where, a fan- where's, where's he from? He'd be a fantastic signing. Um, and then the, well, the journalist said, oh, are you, are you going in for him? He went, no, no chance. But they were said to be sniffing around him at one yeah, point. Yeah, and I think uh, this rabbit, is, uh, his little nose would have been twitching. Makes him sound a lot cuter than he is. And then we've got him, and uh, it's come out this morning as well that apparently Solskjaer was having a, a very a very little, little nibble at him because they need a striker of any description, and, uh, and they've got a lot more, they've certainly got a lot more money than we have. Um, football's great tragedy as Miguel Delaney <laughs> oh, the journalist said so much so many tears have been shed haven't they Isn't it, can we just, let's just pause for a minute and I know we usually hate them with a passion but I think we've got to reflect on the struggles that Man United are enduring in that they've got some owners who have given them the biggest transfer budget in the Premier League in the last transfer mm. window but happen to be rinsing quite a lot for themselves I believe the uh, the people of Bury are going to be holding a minute yeah. of silence later collections later maybe today. yeah um, and they're, they're imagine that fifth in the Premier League surely they're out of all the cups though no 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 they're in the mall but you know Man United used to be first loads and now they're they should still be first shouldn't they really they should because they're Man United yeah and I think we really ought to just reflect on that can we just reflect on that it's really the fault of 
football as a whole that they've chosen to sign loads of shit players in the last five years on, on astronomical wages and employ a shite manager and I yeah. don't I'd, several I'm, shite managers yeah. the, the the logic I mean they've been watching Phil Jones play for years and it's only now that they've actually signed Harry Maguire who is a lot better that they're annoyed that they've got <laughs> Phil Jones and they've had him for so long it's kind of I, I would have it's like if we signed uh, all the years we had with Luke Varney and then we signed Jean Kevin and suddenly we're like, why haven't we got better players than Luke Varney? Well, we've just signed one for, yeah. for potentially, in our case, £17.7 million. Pounds. Entitled wankers. It's even better that we have uh, rescued him from their their clutches. Oh, Ollie's at the wheel. Yeah, but he wants to play for Bielsa, so fuck you. I mean, we don't we don't get him, do we, without Bielsa? You wouldn't imagine? No. No. I'm, I'm quite pleased with the little Hassenhutl aspect of this when I read those comments I thought yeah because this is what football's all about it's, it's, like, not, it's not necessarily about what we do it's about being able to stick two fingers up at other people where possible it's like Hassan Hootle's been annoyed about us going out with one of his friends or something been a bit of a dick about it so we've just gone right your daughter we're going out with her instead <laughs> <laughs> See, how'd you like that I'll be around for Sunday dinner <laughs> fuck you Ralph <laughs> beautiful analogy that's beautiful, I like that. Yeah. So yeah, £17.7 million on top of the £2 million loan fee, which would all in make him our club record signing. If we're promoted, that is. When? Um, when we're promoted. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, that's the other positive thing as well, is that we do have the option to keep him, that it's not just a, a loan. And it's um, it's Shea Adams' money, which is the other interesting thing about value, because uh, Scum, no matter how desperate they are for a striker, they're not in for Shea Adams, are they? And you know, whatever their fans may think, they are technically a top six Premier League team still. So if we're grabbing a player of that uh, quality for this sort of fee, then it kind of mitigates or balances out the risk of uh, of him being an unknown in this league and him having relatively few games under his belt. Because that's the, the thing about him is he's kind of a, what is he, he's 22. Um, Shea Adams isn't much older, but Shea Adams does at least have a, like a season well, or two in the championship. Shadows is only, he's only 23, isn't he? Yeah. So is he, that's what I said, he's a year older. I said he was much older. No, no, I said he's a year older. Oh. Um, that's what I meant anyway. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, <laughs> who even I... knows what I said? But anyway. Well, so that's, that... I kind of reacted to what came out of your mouth. So. <laughs> 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 why, why people can't just plug it, put, that... in their, put in their headphones and just read my brainwaves? This is how conversation worked. <laughs> oh, I said, I, I dread to think what else they'd, they'd find. Um, it would be that. Uh, EDM track just banging on repeat <laughs> so there's not much between them in age but there is a lot between them in terms of domestic league experience but then John Kevin's played in Europa League and he's played for Paris Saint-Germain he's played in the Bundesliga he's been at Monaco not getting many games for them but but they I think I can't remember who Monaco's actual striker is but he's been scoring ridiculous numbers of goals so we can't get past him it's uh, Ben Yedder isn't it who's potentially on his way to Barcelona so he must be all right. Yeah, you'd think so. And they have a history of decent strikers. So it all it all lines up good. And and the um the the videos that I did okay, there's not there's not much in there. You don't get to see his all round play, does he run off the ball? You'd you'd assume Bielsa and Victor Orta have taken care of all that, but he can shoot. And I think that's why I like about him. You can't make any conclusions off of a, a YouTube video, it would be daft, but you can watch somebody repeatedly shooting early at a goal and putting it beyond the keeper into the net and think, I think that might be something that he does. And it's a nice contrast to Bambo, who does tend to be a little bit, shall we say, thoughtful mm. in front of goal and then not doesn't actually come up with an idea. He thinks and thinks and then doesn't that's have what, a clue. Yeah, that's what I said previously. He seems to... Uh, hard kicking. Yeah. He does, yeah. Bambo does seem to think too much about where he's going to put it. And it's hard kicking, early kicking as well. He's got that thing of catching the goalkeeper by surprise. You didn't expect him to shoot from there. Or we could have taken a touch, but he's just shot and scored. And that's uh, very good. And yeah, the whole thing of him scoring, I think his XG is supposed to be 13 and he scored 14 goals. So given that our team XG uh, is like a million and we've scored two yeah, he seems like he will help with that. Somebody to actually finish our chances. And his previous clubs, when you think about it, and why he's going to love it at Leeds, started out at PSG, which is basically Disney. Then he's gone to Red Bull, which is not a real club. And then Monaco, which isn't real either. So this is the first proper club he's played for. And he's going to love it. He's going to love the Leeds fans, and Leeds fans will love him back. And that's why this is exciting. Well, he's front page news. The Yorkshire Evening Post, isn't he? Look at the... Uh, I've, that you write for? I mean, I'm on the back cover. 
above his. Yes, it's it's not actually noticed. If you look at the, they've got the photo of uh, Jean Kevin with uh, Victoire et Angus, and uh, directly above JK's head is my head. Um, <laughs> does that mean you're more important than him? He's front page news. Bienvenue à Leeds. What does that mean? Hang on a second, just a second. <laughs> Bienvenue à Leeds. What does that mean? Uh, Somebody should explain that because I think that's, that's a bit difficult. There me. is helpfully a translation. Ah, thank uh, God they, Thank God they did that. I've never have worked it, were able to work that out. In brackets, your Yorkshire Evening Post has helpfully dis- uh, translated it as welcome to Leeds. It says welcome. Bienvenue. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. So we're already learning things. It's like it's not just a, a football transfer. It's, cultural. it's a cultural yeah. exchange. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, wearing the famous number twenty nine shirt. I mean, if you remember our previous record signing, Rio Ferdinand, he came in on that shirt, and other some real stellar names have worn the twenty nine over the years. I mean, Dakara was uh, obviously the the striker he'll be aiming to to be. And let's not forget Maja Gomez as well. Yes. I think someone pointed out George McCartney might have worn it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Remember George McCartney, those those happy days? Him struggling at left back? He was yet another one who actually wasn't that bad, was he? Oh, he was Just, terrible. But for us, he was he was atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, he played about 200 games for Sunderland before yeah. he came to us and then he got to us and his, his legs had stopped working. Do you know what? I completely blanked that out. You, you, do, you do well to do it. That Left backs from that period... Uh, best forgotten Shane Lowry uh, Tony Capaldi you see, you can't remember it was all that it was all that part of that group but that's exciting isn't it 29 and he seems to be his number because he's won it previously so I, I like that he's sort of kind of taking ownership of the shirt and all that. that's exciting yeah there is another detail that I noticed amongst all the the thumping highlights videos there is one from the Bundesliga titled Jean-Kevin Augustin's fair play moments in a game hang on in, a second uh, Hang on a second, I see what's going on here. In a game in uh, Germany, he he has a shot and uh, the referee gives a corner and all the defenders, these big German guys come running in and say, Nine! Nine! <laughs> um, that is not a corner! And you can see in the... That is not a corner! You can see from the replays that it hasn't touched the, the defender at all and as they all zoom in... I think he gets a little bit shy and a little bit intimidated by these uh, these big fellas and the referee says... Something you want to tell me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a goal kick, and then it's all high fives and. Uh, um, but if only we could take him to some sort of club known for its fair play, who'd maybe received an award for something like that. It's a marriage made in heaven. You've got to it? think it was part of the uh, part of the conversations that uh, that helped clinch it. What I like, but, you know, it's good. It's good that we've signed an honest player as well. What I do like is I just like the, just the story arc of all this. It's the it's the kid who's you know come up alongside Mbappe and he's gone on to you know be a global superstar. And he's kind of just fallen away into the shadows a little bit and he's trying to just resurrect himself. You know, stories of maybe attitude problems and stuff like that. And he's turned around and he's gone, Papa Bielsa. He's like a striking soul bamba. He also came up at PSG, attitude problems, bombed out. Um, and now he's a Cardiff. It was Neil Warnock who... Uh, <laughs> and Dio Garaga was in the PSG youth team. Let's. You're not helping me now. I'm trying to paint a romantic <laughs> didn't, vista. Didn't, get in the, didn't make it through to the first, or even the B team, actually. He was just there as a youth. But he's turned around and said, Papa Bielsa, savez-moi, which I believe is the French for, save me. Don't you feel like that's there's a nice romantic angle to it then? He's like coming to find himself again. At a, it's, it's a proper club. He's going to love it here. He's like when we signed, it reminds me when we signed Adrian... You know, you had all those clips of him looking brilliant on the internet, and uh, just buy into it, you miserable. No, he's, he's not the same. It's he's, he's easy to be damaged about previous signings and go, all right, well, Adrian was like this this wonder kid who'd done all this stuff in youth tournaments and stuff. But he has played in some proper competitions as well. Like it isn't just because we signed him from abroad. It's not fair to say he is Cyril Shapwe and Edgar Charney <laughs> and. All the rest of those shit houses just rolled I mean, into Sarko. one. There's, I mean, he does have some. He does have actual proven quality. There is. A, it's a bit weird now. Uh, like the whole looks good on YouTube criticism feels a little bit out of date because absolutely everything now is on YouTube. Like you know, if you look at TikTok, ev- like everybody's entire life in the world is divided up into fifteen second clips and posted on the internet. There's more. What's the statistics about how much video is uploaded to YouTube every hour? It's like six billion hours of footage is uploaded yeah. more than every hour. all the films that have ever been made ever when I was watching one of I can't remember if it was uh, Jean-Kevin or Ian but he got to the end of uh, the the stream of highlights you've really said, not been doing anything else have you and then it said click for our previous video for the highlights of Asmir Begovic um, which was intriguing then I didn't realise Asmir Begovic who is uh, 
Bournemouth reserve keeper who was at Stoke uh, for years has just last week gone on loan to Milan. So I can kind of understand why some kid in a bedroom in Poland has gone, right, I'm going to get all the clips of Esmir Begovic that I can find. And uh, and I, had, I do have a kind of a newfound respect for the people making those videos because it can't be easy to source the footage of the UEFA under-19s tournaments and, and all this stuff and uh, and pick out the the good bits. And uh, and it's a little bit like, it's, it's almost like its own form of scouting. You've got these kids trying to, all they want is views, so they're actually acti- actively looking for the players who look good on YouTube, like Azmir Begovic, and scouring FIFA for whoever is like the under-17 sensation. Everybody's going to be like, oh, I want to see what they're like on YouTube and, and putting it out there. It's it's very different to when we signed uh, Felipe de Costa. And uh, I actually found, um, as well over the weekend, Rui Marquez's uh, post-leads highlights video on his official channel on Vimeo, trying to find another club. But that's 10 years ago, almost, isn't it? It's now, it would be more surprising if a player didn't have a, um, mm. any clips on YouTube, because they probably wouldn't exist. Speaking of the France under-19, was it a World Cup? It will have been a World Cup, won't it, that it won? Or European Championship. It won a, some, it won a France under-19 something. I was looking at the England team in that, and do you know who England's top scorer was? Izzy Go Brown. On. Well. <laughs> Alongside Dominic Solanke, who was playing last night for Bournemouth and will never score a goal. They signed him for £20 million and he will never score. I can confirm after watching him last night. Won't he sign for another club and then he'll start scoring? Eddie Howe just can't. It did slightly worry me that we've signed like a French Solanke, someone who was really well rated and then has just gone around a few clubs for for reasonable money without doing anything. I I mean, you could say that about Shea Adams. He's done nothing for Southampton this season, has he? So it's a risk with everybody. There's also an argument that says, even if we do drop 19 million quid on this lad, it'll probably be worth it to get back to the Premier League, even if he only stays with us in the Premier League for a year. Yeah, Fine. Scum will probably give us 50 million. Yeah. He'll score minus six goals and they'll come <laughs> swooping in to try and soothe their fans who just demand that they spend money on everybody. Like, oh, yeah, we're, he's billion. He's a new Cantona. We signed him from Leeds. He's terrible. Doesn't matter. Quite like the um, the hints at the bad attitude as well. And it's almost like I said, there's a bit of redemption built into this transfer, which you can you can feel. And uh, there was a good article um, that touched on some of the themes that I found on gold.com, who quoted um, Batistuta in an article about JKA saying um, he'd arrived at his first club like Newell's Old Boys, a little bit out of shape, which is one of the criticisms of why they sent out JKA from Leipzig to, to Monaco, because he arrived back at Leipzig looking a little bit out of shape. Batistuta talking about this says, when I arrived, I was fat. It's that simple. This is in his autobiography. And he liked these traditional Argentine biscuits. So the first thing he did was Bielsa was got rid of his biscuits, right? You're not eating ever again. And then sent him out and taught him to train in the rain. I hated him for it, but he was grateful in the end. I mean, I've seen some clips of Big Kev lifting weights with his shirt off and he, he doesn't look like a fat man to me. No. I, I wouldn't mind being a few pounds behind him. Yeah. I like I like the big Kev angle of it as well because that's really it's anglicised him at uh, <laughs> a throw, hasn't it? He's like, not even very big. He's like five foot ten, yeah. but he is. But he's quite. A, a he's unit. stacked. He's stacked. Yeah, he? He, he does encourage me that he might be able to hold the ball up a bit because in, in Ketia, well, he scored the same last night. He scored the same goal for Arsenal that he scored for us every time, just tapping it in from six yards. He was very good at that sort of stuff, but back to goal, he wasn't really up to much. Whereas. Big Kev hopefully can rough up a few defenders. Explosive motions and all that kind of stuff. And and the whole under 20... <laughs> Is that Moscow watching those videos yes, again? That's correct, with no trousers on. He once turned down a France under 21 call-up as well, and he, but he's admitted since it was a big mistake, but this is where the kind of bad attitude thing stems from. Yeah, there was something I didn't fully understand it because it was, um, you know, when YouTube translates subtitles, well, it provides the subtitles based on what it can hear. That mean absolutely nothing. And then you translate them. But it seemed to be uh, somebody shouting at him after a game in Paris for PSG where they didn't like his celebration and they were like saying, and they were saying... um, Merde. Yeah, another Paris player who's now a more famous one, they were like, we got rid of him out of this club for disrespecting Paris like that and... uh, Kevin is sort of saying, no, je suis Paris, uh, uh, je t'aime Paris. Um, and what does that mean? walking through, it means I am Paris. I love Paris. Excellent. Um, it's all that. So there was something about, but he was he was much younger then. And we, what we do know about Bielsa, he, well, I was going to say he doesn't stand for any nonsense, but I suppose Alioski's entire life is a contradiction to that claim. But <laughs> he, he has got the ability to sort somebody like that out as far as they need 
any sorting out. Um, I, I kind of, in my mind, I, I'm seeing the video montage, super slow-mo, Bielsa and uh, and Jean-Kev embracing at the end of the season over Coldplay Fix You, you know, something like that. Chris Martin whining along in the background. Let's move on then to um, to Ian. We've Poor got, old Ian. We've got Kev and the Ian signing. Oh, it's not as high profile, but little Ian. He's been all forgotten about. He was all anybody could talk about last week, and then as soon as Big Kev appeared on the scene, little Ian, who he? He's he's tiny, but he's got talent. He's got great feet. Again, going by what you see on on YouTube, this picture I'm looking at of here. I mean, he look he looks really small. He's um. He, he can't be any older than eight or nine, judging <laughs> by the size of him. He was in, uh, yeah, he was in the same Chelsea under nine team as other alleged transfer target, Ryan Brewster, mm. and also Sam Gallagher, who's uh, no, Connor Gallagher, sorry, who's currently on loan at, at Swansea. So it was in, it was in quite a good, a good group there. But um, he's not grown all that much since then. Five foot five. He has come through the the route. He was in um, teams in South London with like Raheem Sterling and. Uh, Brewster and all this lot there's like a little generation of them all who've all come up and he does seem to be the one who it's not so much that he's gone down the bad path but he's been driven by his father to uh where's he been he's been Arsenal Chelsea Barcelona Brentford Man City all by the time he's 19 but everybody says it's because he's always been looking at like where the best opportunities are for him to actually have a, a solid career he was turning down opportunities to play in like street tournaments and like local events because he's like no I'm, I've got trials with Arsenal I'm, I've got youth team prospects and concentrating on their on what, what I'm doing he was part of the uh, Barcelona had to let him go because they bought him illegally remember they got that transfer ban mm. Because they they brought in a whole bunch of teenagers that they shouldn't have done, um, and he was among them. And so they had to. That's how Brentford got him, got him for free. Um, and it's only the last few months at Manchester City where he was in their first team and then got put back down to their under twenty threes. And it sounds like he's had a bit of a tantrum, so that's why he's he's left. But it's interesting the uh, the details of the the actual transfer that it's free but Manchester City will get up to a million pounds based on appearances and they have a 30% sell-on clause and the right to match any future bids for him from any other club. So if Liverpool come in one day and say, we'll give you 50 million pounds for him, we have to go to City and say, do you want to give us 50 million pounds for him? With again? a 30% discount? Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so they obviously want to keep an eye on him. I can live with that as a deal that we have to that we get decent players for free and then yeah and it's not that we have to sell him back or anything like that it's not a it's not we have him on loan for a season or anything like that we could they could match any future bids and we could refuse them but uh, obviously Manchester City do want to uh, keep a close close eye on on little Ian again you get the sense that there's kind of a, a bit of a I don't know, finding your home here as well. Because if you saw the photos with his family, you know, his sisters and his mum and dad were there as well. They look so pleased. They look really pleased for him. Look like, finally, you've got to where you need You're to be. You're a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just that, but that sense of he's gone from club to club to club and finally he's found a, a team that's given him a number, you know, he's taken the number seven shirt. You're in the first team squad. You've kind of not, I don't want to say you've made it because he's not made it yet, but... Yeah. The, the sense that this is finally at a level where it's he his wants first. To be. It's his first transfer as a first team player, isn't it? He'd made all these moves before, but when you're 15, 16, it's, it's essentially fairly meaningless because mm. at, at that age, even even a lot of people very highly rated go on to do nothing and have dropped down to non-league or are playing in League Two or something. By the point they actually they're actually getting games. It's funny. I was reading the the background. Um, there was a big article in the Athletic about his career so far, and it's going on about his. Uh, his, uh, his days at Arsenal and I was like oh this is all very interesting and then I realised he was seven or something ridiculous it's like <laughs> what the actual fuck um, but it's all very seriously discussed no his like you could see then his skills some of the goals he scored I'm like fucking hell he's not, he literally was a primary score and there was this thing we had uh, in advance for him signing of him hanging around in Italy and stuff but there was a there were a few uh, stories around last week as well that his family were preferring like stay in England like it sounds like Torino or a move abroad was an option as well but they were they actually fancied settling it's not a big move from Manchester to Leeds they can live halfway move to Huddersfield and you know have the, the worst of, of both worlds <laughs> but yeah so it's not a uh, that helps as well that it's not a, a big upheaval 
I think Pep Guardiola hit on something as well when he because he was asked about this by Tom Candoff, who is one of the followers of the square ball, actually. He asked him about it in a press conference and he says he's young, he has to play, but he was not able. And I think Leeds United is an incredible challenge to be training for one of the best or maybe the best manager in the world of how he helps the players be better players. The way he's played suit perfectly his for his qualities. Yeah, I mean, Man City, you've seen it with Phil Foden, who've probably got one of the best young players around. And how do you put him in the team? Because you're going to try and will not win the Premier League this season but um, yeah you can't it's very difficult to just throw a player into a Champions League but stick him in the Championship and, and let Millwall players uh, kick him to pieces Millwall be- will fucking love him see the late year old boy coming out on the pitch at Allen Road tonight they'll be <laughs> imagine Matt Smith <laughs> waist high to Matt Smith <laughs> stomp all over him and then apologise sincerely to his family well he's a South London boy so he'll be alright he'll, he'll know uh, no Millwall well, it's all right. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he, I mean, you imagine he's going to start from the bench tonight, for him to come on late on when legs are starting to tire and to be so quick and direct. I think um, it's something we've missed. And even when you, like we've said about Jack Clark, he offers something I think he's, I don't want to jinx the whole thing, but he looks like a level up on Jack Clark because he's just that much quicker and more direct. Stuart Dallas has been impressed. Yeah. And that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, he said he, he's, uh, he's really quick, but then how quick's Stuart? Dallas. I did see somebody put it quite well into context and in, in a way it, it sort of helps to uh, soothe the feelings about the club's activity in the transfer market a little bit as well. That says that over the last six months we've gone from Jack Clark to Ian Perveda plus 10 million quid. Yeah. And Perveda, if you were to compare the two at their age, just looks like a better player. Even if you're only talking about YouTube highlights or youth competitions, England youth. He's got a better track record in England youth than than Jack Clark. So we've we've gone from one exciting winger to a better exciting winger, and we've got ten million quid, which has enabled us to go and sign other players. So you look at it from that point of view, and you think that's good business. And Pervedo has spent a couple of seasons training with Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva, whereas Jack Clark spent them training with Oliver Sarkic and the landfill yeah, youth Majika. players that, we, that we, per, we purchased. So hopefully some of that has, at least it, we might find it like an easier level. You know, when sprinters train with tyres on them and stuff, so then they feel more explosive when they're actually when they're actually training. Hopefully it'll just get to this level and think, I can piss this. Yeah, <laughs> hope so. And yet that's kind of how it works, isn't it, when you drop down at the championship? It's like playing football in with your kids. All of a sudden you become quite good, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Because they're like six and rubbish. Except you can in, finally find somebody you can outrun. Except <laughs> in the championship, your kid looks like Daniel Ayala. He's like <laughs> seven foot tall and malicious. Um, and that will be, yeah, maybe that's part of the, the part they'll have to get used to because the um, under-23s football and such is not like real football. And um, we've we've seen that. He's had that. He's had a couple of games for... He played for Burton in the League Cup, uh, against Burton in the League Cup, didn't he? But if he's just going to be coming on at the end of games, and I liked the comment about Manchester City's under-23s team where for a while their tactic was just give it to him and see what he can do. And that's kind of... I'm up for that. Yeah, we've we've missed that. He's, and he does... Um, the Pablo role is what we would call it. Pablo is almost, if you're going to compare the two, Pablo is a little bit too intelligent at times like he's really careful about what he's doing and trying to think about it was one criti- where do I put it for these idiots yeah one criticism <laughs> I would make of Perveda from my detailed analysis of watching the same clips over and over again on YouTube <laughs> is a tendency to dribble when he shouldn't of just like I'm going to beat this player twice or I'm not going to pass there because I think I can uh, I can run into the box from here and um, there's a player in front of me but I'm going to beat him and two others rather than a pass but fuck it, I'd be quite up for that in the, the closing stages of a game. We've got Calvin Phillips, obviously not for the next couple of games, waiting on halfway to stop if he gives the ball away and, and deal with anything, or Ben White can come in and stop any any breaks. So yeah, somebody just a little bit idiotic who will just be like, oh, fuck <laughs> it, I'm just gonna, I'll just beat them anyway and not not be too worried about yeah. what might happen. Do you remember when Grayson signed Max Gradle and he yeah. basically did the same yes. job for us? He yeah, just yeah. came off the bench and eventually he, he did enough that we had to start him. But his, his role for the first couple of months was just come on and cause chaos. And it won us a lot of points. Well, you know, Ian Perveda may have been overshadowed slightly by uh, JKA. Spare a thought for Ilya Caprile. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, he's had his uh, his first taste of action sitting on the bench for the under-23s. I mean, that must have been nice for him. I don't think we had to lock him in a hotel, did we? <laughs> 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, now JKA's here and Pervader as well. We know that we're definitely going up, which is great. So that means we can now start planning properly the end of season promotion party uh, in association with our pal Eden J. Harris who's on Twitter with that handle I like the way you're now describing Garden as if he's a sponsor in association with Eden J. Harris uh, yeah good old Garden we, we are going to invoice him £300 a, um, an episode he'll be, he'll be fine with it I'm sure <laughs> all your garden needs he's keeping an eye on this for us the booze baton where at start of the season we had hold of the booze baton so our end of season promotion party would be in Leeds then Stoke took it off us because they beat us in the League Cup and then you know when they got beat and so on and so forth it's gone from team to team to team Wolves only had it for a single game because they lost 2-1 to Liverpool so it's back with Liverpool again but interesting turn of events with the FA Cup as well well I mean they, they nearly lost to Cumdog and Shrewsbury this weekend. For the benefit of anybody who doesn't know what a, cum, a Cumdog is, you might want to explain that reference. He's their striker for some reason. It's has the nick- Cummings, isn't it? Yeah, and he, he, he's mm. chosen to have the nickname um, Cumdog. So, <laughs> move to Huddersfield, awaits. Um, but they drew with Liverpool, and then Liverpool have got to get past West Ham and Southampton before the replay. But Jurgen Klopp in a in a Neil Warnock-esque turn of events has decided he's not going to bother his ass going to this game. He's letting the youth team manager do it and play their under-23s, basically. So they might actually lose, in which case the booze baton could end up in Shrewsbury. And do a tour of the lower leagues. Tour of, tour of the lower leagues. And if, if it does, there are some real choice, it's, can choice I just locations say, in League One. Before you do get round to that, they face the MK Dons straight afterwards to Shrewsbury. So there is the prospect of it disappearing into the ether because they're not a real team. <laughs> I think for the purposes of this, we'll have to let it pass through them. But we, you don't want to go Maitland Keynes, do you? I remember going there for the Leeds game and it was asking where the town centre was and they were like, oh, this is it. There isn't the town centre. But it felt it? like you were in a, it was like being at Junction 32. It was like just on a retail park and they were like, yes, this is the town. Yeah. This isn't a town. It's the cathedral. <laughs> where are the cobblestones? Where do the tramps go around here? <laughs> um, but if it does end up in League One, yeah, I mean, we've got a, a range of like seaside towns. We've got Portsmouth, Fleetwood, Blackpool, Southend. Sunderland. Sunderland does count, yeah. Oh, yeah, you said that with a question mark. It, it, is, it is on the sea. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Seaside town. It's not really... I mean, it's on the seaside. No, it is. It's a seaside town. It's got a beach. Roker Park used to look overlook the beach. I mean, it? I worked there for 
a number of years, yes, it, it's very much a seaside town. So a, a lovely trip to the seaside town of Sunderland could be on the books. But if, if it does end up in Shrewsbury, I found the lowest rated club I've ever seen on, on that. It's 1.7 stars. A place called... What's the name of this place? I, I need to hear of this. I'm going to have to look this one up. A place called Fever and Boutique. Which, which is a weird mixture of words. Sounds like an illness and a shoe shop, doesn't it? Like, combined. Yeah. Um, but when you look on the Facebook, they're promoting the return of our famous Nugget Party. We are back open on Wednesday. Hashtag Wednesday, hashtag Shropshire. Hashtag Shropshire is big. Join big us for things, the Nugget Party from 9.30. Huge offers, chicken nugget giveaways. And I mean, the, what, sort of a, what sort of a club does chicken nugget giveaways? I've seen it done in Leeds, actually, chicken nugget parties, yeah. What happens? In football, they're just getting it's a load of chicken you. nuggets and they'll give them out, yeah. Does it look as bad as those? Because uh, of yeah. all the, the the stock images of chicken nuggets they could have put on this Facebook event, those look rank. I found a review on TripAdvisor as well, which I, I don't know if you can make make any sense of this. I'll try and read which it. Which one? You, do t- you, tend, you tend to find with these as well, there's a, a real lack of punctuation, isn't there? I mean, I'll try and read it uh, true to how she how the she old, went with it. Spelling and grammar, the old spag turned, is, not, is, not well, uh, is not well liked in Shrewsbury, is Hannah, it? Hannah G on TripAdvisor. Turned me away because I didn't have my ID. Fair enough. Question mark. When Legends of Montgomery's Tower found us and gave me back my ID, but people from Beach thrived over not letting me in and my fiends for no regal reason whatsoever. I do like you're not royalty. The uh, the people thriving over not letting me in. That's like that's a really good use of uh, of the word thrive. Not her or her fiends. None of them were allowed in. Hey, do you remember Mad Friday? That feels like a lifetime ago now, as we close out the January transfer window. Transfer deadline 2014, Chilino, where's Brian and all that? Sacked. Where's the nuggets? Sacked, not sacked. Taxis, chases around. I want a mad. nugget party. All the madness. Well, along with answering more of your questions, we are looking back on it on this week's Extra Ball podcast. It's another weekly podcast that we do for subscribers with bonus content for you every week. And for the people who get behind us, there's also a chance to win the greatest mug ever cast every single week. You can sign up now and enjoy your first month free at the squareball.net forward slash the extra ball I know we're all getting giddy with the new signings and all that but doesn't it feel like we're entering yet another season defining week with these two home games oh, they can't all be season defining weeks we've got it's January I know it's nearly February but I can't if every week is a season defining week between now and the end of the season I'm not going to last no uh, I have been struggling <laughs> it's been, it has been really tough that's, that's why I enjoyed the weekend off these are games we should be winning, though, so I think that's why it feels season-defining. And also, it's the return of, of Wigan, who obviously, they did us wrong last year, um, or rather, we did ourselves wrong last year, so that's um, that needs winning. Well, Millwall up first, who we play tonight as we record this on, on Tuesday late morning. Uh, we did cover this one largely last week, so you can... Um, Great detail. Go back and listen to that laugh from last week's episode. Bielsa confirming that Ben White's going to play in place of Calvin in that deep line midfield role, which we're not 100% sold on, but it's Bielsa in it. He Why? probably knows more Why? about football than us. Don't do it. Well, he, he he did say that they've used the break to practice, which is a bit different from the uh, from last time. If you remember, he gave him the, the last 15 minutes of, um, of whoever we played before Huddersfield, like stuck in there to see what you think. So uh, some proper preparations, especially with, with three games to get through and you know he's he's got all the skills he's got everything he needs in that position he's seen it once maybe he'll be better this time it'll be like I mean it's lost to history that the first time John Charles went up front rubbish second time he went up front not much cop put him back again third time absolute goal scoring hero forever so um, you're saying we should put Ben White up front I mean you're saying we shouldn't Augustine and Anchor, mid, anchor, anchor midfield, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, we should beat we should beat Millwall because we're better than them, and we owe them one, and we're angry about it. They cheated to they beat did cheat. to beat us last time, and um, they are not the same force coming to Ellen Road as they are at home. And also, they'll be tired because we spoke about it last week. Lost to Sheffield United at the weekend. It's all set up for us to lose. Now, but be, now we'll be right there. Obviously, Matthew Smith will be playing the uh, the old Beckford role. Of uh, waving to the crowds, maybe um, maybe having a little wink at Victor, say, you know, budget for one more. <laughs> if you get the Danny Rose money in, you know, well, the 10% sell-on fee there. This is it, and you're telling me him and uh, Jean Kev wouldn't be a big Kev and, Mick and big Matt up front? The French uh, strike partnership of the future, that one, yeah. Uh, Mathias Mama will be absolutely uh, delighted. On to Wigan, Saturday, home. 
scarring about this one from last year, but uh, that's got to be the biggest fear about this one because they're shite. They're absolutely shite. I feel like we maybe slightly got rid of the scouring with the away win because they had a man sent off early in that one and mm. it felt a bit like, oh, well, we know what happens now. But we didn't. it didn't happen. We got a nice regulation, 2-0 win, no great dramas with it. It was just fine. And they are, I mean, they are shit. We really have got to win this. This is a must-win game. I was looking through the fixtures. This is our easiest game that we have left. <sighs> Those are words that will be thrown back <laughs> at you on Twitter. Oh, look. It is true though, because the other teams that we still have to play that are down the bottom of the league at home are like Huddersfield and Barnsley, and they're Yorkshire derbies, which are always a bit of a an unknown. Whereas Wigan, there's no real, there's no bad feeling there, is there? No, there's no rivalry. There's no, nothing apart from the, the home game last season. There's nothing, is there? They won't have many fans there. They don't have any. We don't have any particular argument with any of their players. Tom Pierce. Oh, that little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we've had a development. If anybody who's uh, seen on Twitter, I tweeted about this yesterday. My lad, who has had leanings towards Spurs, is coming with me. It's going to be his first game at Ellen Road, this one. So That I'm, little curse. Yeah, I'm cracking I the nut. wonder where you're going with that. <laughs> so did I for a second, yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, steady on. <laughs> I know Michael called him a little prick before, but this is taking it to new levels. Let's save that for the match ball. I presume he's coming on the match ball, is he, to, to explain himself? We should get his feedback, shouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, not sure he's quite cut out for podcasting yet, but we'll give him a waz anyway. Uh, so, so what? Give him a waz. We'll give him a go. We'll give him a go on the podcast. But um, yeah, we should win that one, and it'd be nice for him to start off his lead supporting career, which will happen with a home win. Well, what he's going to see in uh, in Wigan. I mean, Michael says that they're the worst team that we've uh, we're going to face between now and the end of the season. But their style of play—they control the game in the opposition's half, attack down the left with width taking long shots and attempting lots of crosses. They play the offside trap and they're aggressive. Um, their strengths are shooting from direct free kicks and attacking set pieces. So it seems like free kicks, definitely what they're good at and strong at creating chances through individual skill. They don't really score any goals though. Have you seen who their top scorer is? It's a centre-back. And I had to Google this to make sure this wasn't when I saw it on the notes. Quite a discovery, isn't it? His full name. I had to Google it to make sure this wasn't a joke. Um, I did as well. His name is Shay Donkley, isn't it? Like mm. Shay Adams, but with a Y on the end. Shayen. His, his full name is Shayen, isn't it? Uh, Shayen, Armani, Keanu, Roma, Donkley. I remember him actually because he is the player who Pat Bamford went very slowly around the outside off to score the opening goal against Wigan last season. And I, I remember Googling his name then and thinking, this can't be right. <laughs> In a strange <laughs> but, uh, twist, do you know where. Cheyenne is a city, and do you know yes. where it is the state yes. capital of? I know this. Uh, Wigan. Wyoming. Oh, Cheyenne. really? Cheyenne, Wyoming. Ken Bates' very own Wyoming. Wigan do have some weaknesses. Uh, they are weak at avoiding offside, and very weak at the following. Finishing scoring chances, protecting the lead, defending set pieces, I, I suspect that might change after this game, um, <laughs> and avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. I think what strikes me about their characteristics... Uh, obviously supplied by whoscored.com, is there's very little mention of football. It's direct free kicks, set pieces, attacking and defending, offsides and fouls. That's basically Wigan. And uh, pie bombs, that's also Wigan. They're not good and we're going to beat them. We're go- I think we're going to get six points this week. What do you reckon? Inspired by our new uh, French striker and Colombian who, winger. Who won't play in either of these games. But they'll give us a lift and that's the important bit. Will, will they give us a lift? Yeah, I think Perveda comes off the bench tonight against um, Millwall. Sets up an, uh, the fourth goal. No, I think he doesn't. I think he doesn't because I think he sits on the bench and watches and then after the game, Bielsa is just, well, I thought the team was doing very well as we we would attack, we were like trying to come back from the 2-0 uh, deficit. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no deficit tonight. It's it's four, it's four nil, and at three nil, he takes off uh, Costa and replaces him with Paveda. That's what happens tonight. Okay, and then it's four three. Yes, all <laughs> that. Yeah. As always, we say thanks to Levi Solicitors for their support on the podcast. Moving house in the new year. Loads of people are up to it. If you are, let's point you in the direction of their conveyancing team. Get in touch with Levi's and they will sort you right out. They are specialists in the area with loads of experience and fully accredited as part of the conveyancing quality scheme. Um, They'll update you in plain English and they are completely transparent on fees. And uh, you can get an instant conveyancing quote on their website, which is our usual landing page. It's levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. And remember, whatever you see on there for your quote as well, a further 10% to be knocked off. And when you mention the square ball, because you're coming through us. Will they be getting Jean-Kevin out of that hotel and into a nice, comfortable family home? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. They've got the contracts all drawn up. Where do you reckon you'd go and live? 
Leeds, hopefully. Do you think city centre apartment or is he looking for the rolling hills of the Dales? Uh, probably city centre apartment. I think he I think he wants to sample the uh, the nightlife. Paris, Monaco. Prism. Belle Isle. <laughs> <laughs> LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Heroes and villains then now. Let's pick them. People who've made us happy and sad this week. The Ken Bates Villainy Award. Plenty to go out this week for Ken himself. He's been up to lots, as Ken. First of all, thanks to Paul Mondy, who sent us, you know, those weather forecast pictures that you get. They always put a nice picture at the start that, like, a viewer has sent in of a nice, like, landscape. And um, Ken Bates, who's in at the minute in Groomsport, County Down, he sent in a beautiful coastal vista. It's like blue ocean, sandy shore and blue skies. Presumably came there weighing in on the, the Northern Ireland debate. A picture offshore, you could say. Perhaps fitting. Yes, absolutely correct. Yeah. What else uh, has he been up to? Well, after mentioning Wyoming Ken's Facebook page last week, last week he had 132 likes, not very many. Now, 231 mm. and growing. <laughs> I think, um, I think I, oh Christ, yeah, last, yesterday when I looked... For doing the notes here, I wrote 211. I've just got on his page now, 231. Um, he's had a bit of activity on his page, actually. Uh, he, he wrote a post about, I want to let anyone who knows me that my computer's getting worked on. I mean, his elf sounds, he doesn't need to be putting this on, really. You know, it's, um, I try not to use work computer for city council tablet for Facebook personal use, so I won't be on my personal computer very much. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it sounds like an honourable character. Yeah, I, I do want to let people know that I will be handing out Dairy Queen gift cards to any kids stroke teens that come to city council. I mean, Can I just point out this is not how he normally sounds? <laughs> I will be... I don't want to let people know that I will be handing out Dairy Queen gift cards to any kids or teens that come to city council regular meetings that volunteer to start us out with the Pledge Allegiance. And this will be paid for by my city council check. Always grateful when small groups come to see how the government is operated and volunteer for the Pledge Alert. Allegiance. I feel like the uh, the interface between Ken Bates and Dairy Queen is is one the the big gloops of ice cream sundae in his beard as fucking Susanna attacks him with a towel just does not make me feel Susanna spoon feeding it to him. <laughs> well, first one in there as well was Dave who uh, who messaged him saying, "Ken, do you think Leeds United will sign a striker before the transfer window shuts?" This was uh, like last week. So what did he say, Ken? Mister David. <laughs> I'm not up to date about Leeds United, but I'll, in, I'll look into it when my Le- computer comes back. Leeds United in scare quotes as well. Leeds <laughs> United. I'm sure my opinion, good or bad. Which is pretty much what Ken does anyway, isn't it? <laughs> not up to date about Leeds United, but he'll still give us his bloody opinion. But since then, on the Dairy Queen post, Callum Bramley, a mate of mine, actually, has uh, put any update on the Hotel in Nightclub project. There is actually there's a, a very serious response from uh, Tom Winterburn, who says that, uh, describes the, the free gift cards to kids and teens at at uh, Dairy Queen is uh, the type of reckless and egotistical spending we've come to expect at a time when our sole focus should be on procuring a striker you're squandering <laughs> money on ice creams <laughs> poor man <laughs> so uh, sorry Ken <laughs> we've ruined his page there's now <laughs> there, there's, we're almost at the tipping point where there are more Leeds fans on his page than residents of Casper Wyoming yeah I was going to be uh, Samuel saying uh Announced Augustine has five thumbs up from uh, readers on there as well. And uh, uh, Josh Townend has, uh, has been, he's brought those screenshots to our attention. He's also updated and pointed out that uh, my Facebook page is a related page being offered on, uh, it's, uh, on well, Kenneth Bates' page. So I'm, I might start getting some Wyoming pushback. Having a Facebook page, the move of another egotist. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, if anybody wants a free ice cream, you can go fuck yourself. Kenneth Bates, City Council Ward 2. Go have a look <laughs> at poor Ken's page. Who else do you want to nominate as villainy? For villainy, rather. Uh, Bielsa. For not, he's already said he's not going to play Big Kev tonight, which he should. He should start him. <laughs> and he probably won't play him on the weekend. Probably not the week after that. Probably not the week after that. Until the defeats have come in. Yep. So um, it's a preemptive thing, really. Sort it out, Marcelo. Just play him. What other villains have you got? Um, Eddie Nketiah. What's he done? Uh, he played for Arsenal last night and he scored. I was I was really up for him playing for Arsenal and being bad. But as Michael said earlier, we just I looked I looked at the goal because I was still following him on. I mean, do you even call Twitter it? Do you even yeah. call it a goal? It's just a tap. I mean, Jean Kevin would laugh at a chance like that. He would have broken the net from that distance, whereas. And Ketia just... Oh, I put it in. Yeah, well done. Blah, blah. Who does, so. he, who does he think he is? He's a load of rubbish. 
Have we got any other villains? Because it's obviously been quite a quiet week. I mean, actual Ken can get a nomination because it's 10 years ago that we signed Shane Lowry and Gary McSheffrey to boost our promotion push. That's, and here we are. That's pretty dismal. Still waiting. Still waiting. That was the League One promotion push, in fairness. So we did, we did succeed, bizarrely, with those players. So he's not a villain, is he? He's very much a hero of our times. Well, he, you know, we could have done better than that, is what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Uh, we're anybody really, else? Anybody else? Not really. We're in a strange position where um, Biel, we can't, obviously, Bielsa can't win Villain of the Week. Eddie and Ketia, he, him going back has kind of opened the door for Jean Kevin to come in. So it feels almost like a heroic move in retrospect. I, I thought about nominating Rabbit Hutch as well, but it's a similar kind of thing where it's, um, you know, we, we've we've come out ahead there's been no uh, no misery has accrued to us from him not letting us have Shea Adams is the best thing that possibly could have happened I mean there is one potential villain mm. Leeds fans for failing to get a photograph of Jean Kevin because you know we, we were stalking the airports the ports the railway stations the hot air balloons there was some success with Little Ian yeah the pervader work was very strong and yeah. then we, we followed it up with nothing people were trying but not good enough. So you, uh, you've let yourselves down, you've let all the other fans down by not getting any photos of, uh, of Big Kev on his I way in. It's been a, a learning experience. People now realise that at, at Leeds Bradford there's that other runway that multi-flight have for mm. the, the, the private flights that's um, more difficult to track. So you're, if you were, But you're telling me that nobody could have gone up, you know that bumpy hill that overlooks Leeds Bradford Airport where you can go view the planes cemetery. coming? Cemetery, yeah, you yeah. in cemetery. Well, there's a cemetery on one side, but there's a bumpy hill on the other side next to the private runway. All oh, right. So you could go there. What excuse do you have for not going there, parking at night time with some, preferably some night vision goggles and a long lens telephoto camera? And get yourself a double tree hotel staff outfit, a little trolley. Just wander the, just wander up and down, knocking on doors. Room service. That's our villain. That's our villain, the double tree Hilton. Do you know why? Mm. A, they let him in a side door, so there was no opportunity to stalk him going in the front door. Second of all, upon checking into the double tree Hilton, you get a cookie. And we do not need our new striker any fatter than he already is. Do you think they brought him in by a canal boat? Because it's quite difficult to get to uh, to that double tree from uh, by land. <laughs> You've got to go over. There's either the bridge at one end or there's the the older stone bridge at the other. So you quite easily block those two off. There's the granary wharf. You could go under the dark arches bit. But Smuggled there's... in under a barge with coal on it or something. He's yeah. under a tarpaulin. <laughs> So Doubletree Hilton's our villain of the... Uh, yeah, for the sneaking uh, Jean-Kevin in under the, the cover of Twilight. Uh, the Andy Hughes Hero Award. People who've uh, who've done good by us this last week. Who have we got? Leeds fans, obviously, for stalking out Pervader. So yep. we, we need to balance the universe. Very well done on, yeah. on Pervader. Um, I wonder if he, he might have gone to Fazenda on a, a barge as well, but it did him no good. Also at Granary Wharf, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was spotted. I mean, someone's put here the salad bar. There is charcuterie available on that salad bar. It's not just salad. Get a nice selection of meats and cheeses. Maybe he was getting his like his last meal before Bielsa gets at him with those uh, those flesh measuring pincers. On, on Pervader, we never mentioned the well the contrast between the big Kev signing picture and the Pervader signing pictures, where he just looked so happy. Did Victor mm. Alter stood with the the whole Pervader family? It looked like he. I think he's made some friends. Oh, I think the difference might be because uh, three sisters. <laughs> And one of them's got the little, one of the sisters is doing a very much a sideways, a look to the side. <laughs> Where are your hands, Victor? <laughs> and old uh, Angus Quinoa has uh, got himself on the um, the Jean-Kevin photograph, didn't he? And he's, he's got the bigger grin there. So I think Victor Orta's a little bit, oh, I've got to share the glory with that little prick. <laughs> I did all the work on this, Angus. Where were you for the, Angus didn't even show up for the little Ian photograph, did he? Victor Orta had to deal with all those. Victor went, no, no, young women no, no, you don't, you don't need to come to this one, Angus. I've got this. <laughs> and then this one's like, oh god, all right, Angus, come in. And I think his face shows. Right, who else have we got for heroics this week? Uh, Jackie Harrison. Jackie. Although uh, I found that letter Jackie Harrison. that that QPR fan wrote to him kind of it was too much. It was too much, Mister Harrison. And also, if you if you're writing to uh, a Leeds United player, don't put it on Twitter. No, put it in the post. Yeah. Send it to the. Well, send it to the training ground, to the stadium. Just That's solic- how he sends him on a letter. Just soliciting for likes, isn't he? Yeah, yeah basically. And he's already... In fact, he's a villain. Some, I don't know who he is, but... He's some kind of weird TV celebrity. He's been like a TV presenter already. Oh, he's a media whore. Of the, oh. the Hunt, I think. So he's he's reasonably well known, but I think it must be... I think if we went back through his uh, his Twitter, he probably does this every year. Dear Mr Grealish. Do we want to... Uh, I'm really impressed <laughs> by your hair. Also, didn't even address the letter properly, did he? 
Uh, what did he put? It's Jack Harrison. Oh, I mean, that's not going to get there. Let's, let's just put, put a pin in this for a second, the Hero Award, and just retrospectively change the Villainy Award. He's having yeah, it. He's yeah, he's having it. Yeah, um, QPR Arsenal. Smarmy bastard. Yeah. And in the um, in the press conference, Bielsa gave this the short shrift it deserved when he was asked, have you seen the letter? And he was like, what letter? But he, the, the interviewer was obviously desperate to write something about Jackie Harrison and mm-hmm. uh, just asked him for a character reference, essentially. He's like, okay, you, you've not seen the letter, but... Do you like him? And uh, yes, Bielsa said that Jackie is un, un gran companero. Does that mean a good teammate? Yeah, a good uh, or comrade, um, depending on your, which definition you use. Bielsa would have used comrade. Other heroes, Hilton Doubletree at Granary Wharf, always like those guys. Uh, yes. Yeah, if you want to give us any rooms or anything. Very, yeah, I was um, going to say, I, I don't know if I do like If you want to conduct all. any secret business, they're the best place to go. <laughs> well, I mean, we know from we know from the summer that they're not when uh, Bielsa and Orta tried to have that meeting in the Sky Lounge um, on the balcony overlooking Holbeck and just had streams of people <laughs> taking photos of them through the glass and badgering them for selfies. So there was that... They have meetings in the Duncan now. There was can't, that, can't see through the windows in there. There was that great run of uh, photographs where you could see them getting progressively more and more pissed off as they were um, being prevented from discussing <laughs> transfer targets. Other heroes then. JKA, obviously, he's signed. And for his, for his Twitter work, we, we did touch on it earlier, but... It's nice to have someone who isn't being coy about the fact he's signing for a club, just liking absolutely everything, saying, you're signing, like this if you're signing for Leeds. Liked, liked. Are you having to have the medical going? Liked. And then his eventual one where he said uh, it was no more likes. Um, he's confirmed. Was it no more likes, it's official. And also, let's face it, given the shift in mood, he's basically Luke Skywalker, Neo from The Matrix, he's Brian from Life of Brian, he's John Connor from The Terminator. He's the chosen one, all wrapped up into one package. He's our saviour. And Ian Pervader? Yeah, he's signed as well. well done. <laughs> Who's your hero? Maybe Victor Alter as well, because the the thing that came out today about Scum trying to sign him is David Ornstein of The Athletic said that Scum made a late bid, but our bid was too advanced, stroke impressive. And Bielsa gave him a little shout out as well. He Obviously, Bielsa had that rampage the other week where he was basically trying to convince everybody that our club is the best run club that has, has ever been. But he did say yesterday, because there was the stuff about whether... Bielsa had spoken to Jean-Kevin or Ian to convince them to come. And he said, I, I never do this. They have to want to come. And I have Victor Orta, who gives them all the information they need. And I have never seen better work from a recruitment team than than Leeds do. Um, I mean, the only problem is that we've put all that effort into over the years by absolutely begging Lawrence Dubok to come and put, putting together huge presentations to say uh, to convince the representatives of J. Roy Grotz that, uh, that Leeds United is the, the club for him. But It's um, encouraging, isn't it? That's what it is. It's encouraging that we're moving in the right direction and we're leaving behind that sort of like, you described it as a landfill sign. On, on Lawrence Dubok, I did notice, I think Leeds Live did an update on how loan signings are getting on and it was pointed out that uh, Lawrence Dubok was on the end of a 4-0 defeat this week <laughs> with their right back scoring two goals. <laughs> Fantastic. Which doesn't bode well. Oh, very, very, much, very much a late candidate for this award then, Lawrence. Well, the only problem is well, Lawrence, Lawrence will be back here in summer, won't he? Because they've got a, a deal, the option to sign him, but they're going to bin off Alan Pardew and then bin him back here as well. Let's, um, let's pick a hero, anyway. John Kevin. John Kevin. Yeah. For all that is about to come um, and being a new hero. It may never get any better than this for, no, I for think, John yeah, Kevin. This is it. It's, um, yeah, what a weekend. Check out the Extra Ball, check out the Phil Hay Show, also coming this week in the Match Ball after all our games with mags, mugs and merchandise and half-season subscriptions for the fanzine at thesquareball.net. We thank you for listening to this one. And we say, how do you say goodbye in French? Au revoir. Au revoir. revoir. We'll speak to you later in the week. Thanks, bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast.